You are Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On Network. Excited to be with you. I'm Matt Moore, joined by my co-host Adam Mares. After the Denver Nuggets got themselves another victory, they are now just red hot. Winners of eight of their last ten. Surging after the All-Star break. No post-All-Star slump yet. 129-104 over the Charlotte Hornets in a laugher. Today we'll talk about Michael Porter Jr. and his emergence as one of the best players on the team. We'll talk about how easy this victory was and why it was so easy, what it signals about the Nuggets, and more from a comfortable win over the Charlotte Hornets. But first... You know, getting a good night's sleep can be much easier said than done, but don't worry because our good friends at CBDMD have exactly what you need to help you unwind and sleep harder than the all-star voters slept on Bam Adebayo, for example, hypothetically. Sleep PM bath salts fuse superior CBD and melatonin with a mixture of Epsom, Dead Sea, and Himalayan salts to turn any bathtub into a luxury spa experience and give you the relaxation you desperately deserve. And to make it even easier to relax, regroup, and recharge, they're offering all of our listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code NBA at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com, promo code NBA for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD products from CBD MD. Today's episode is also brought to you by Locker Room. Make sure to keep it locked in here later for more news about our upcoming Locker Room events brought to you by Locked On Nuggets. It's going to be exciting. I'm excited to hear you guys tell, get to tell me in person or at least over an app that I'm too negative. Very excited about the opportunity <laughs> and to talk about how awesome Adam is. I'm basically going to be. Which, which one was the good son, Kane or Abel? Whichever was the bad one, that's what I'm going to be looking forward to. That will keep you updated on that. All right, Adam, big takeaway. What's the what's the big takeaway from the Charlotte Hornets win? Because my big takeaway is like the Nuggets are much better than them. Oh, come off it. They were on a win streak. They were playing well. The Nuggets made them look terrible in large part because Michael Porter Jr. had – are his most complete game. He scored more points. He's maybe even looked more dynamic as a scorer. But I thought, to me, this was the game where it looked like Michael Porter got his 28 points, his 13 rebounds, his 11 of 17 shoots, his 3 of 6 from 3, all more or less comfortably as a part of the team under Nuggets, not as virtue of this great talent um, or, or sort of freewheeling, but just as one member of the team. And, you know, it's kind of, a, to me, it's a little bit of a trend that we've been seeing little by little over the last 10 games. But to me, that's the story. This, this game, to me, is probably, to date, the best Michael Porter has looked as a part of the Nuggets. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's hard to argue with that just based off of the scoring. It was remarkably easy for him. Malone, after the game, singled out his defense <laughs> on Gordon Hayward. Right. Which was, I, I thought, very good. Um, it was kind of funny. The, the first quarter, I thought he really struggled. Um, I thought he got lost yeah. on, on a couple of rotations. And um, I'll also say this was the, I, I will say this, this, this game to me, Adam was very much like it foretold the future. Ooh. Um, and, and by that, I mean, MPJ was looking for his, like you he thought was, so. yes, he was after his shot. Like there was a, there was a, there was a sequence where he caught a pick and pop sequence and Jokic was wide open to his right. And like he pump faked 
and still thought about it and then fired again. And it was just like, like he was looking for, and I don't think it's a bad thing. Like, I think this is like, this is who he's going to be. Like, this is, this is who he's going to be. I did not think that it was like, um, I thought that a lot, I didn't think like he took a lot of bad shots. I thought that they were mostly good shots, but a lot of it was, he was taking a lot of shots because he was comfortable. Like he was just really like, he was comfortable because the Hornets couldn't do much against him. And he was like, he was stepping into stuff and finding stuff, making great cuts. The offensive rebounds were great. He did so like so much good stuff. And I don't think, again, I don't have a problem with it, but this was a game in my opinion where MPJ was definitely like, he was confident and comfortable and was actively pursuing attacking. I mean, he was definitely confident. He took a three-pointer in the corner and then turned around as, as soon as he let it go. So he was definitely confident in this game. And, and I do think he was sort of assertive, you know, looking for his shot, not shying away and just looking comfortable out there. But, I, you know, Michael Porter's a scorer. Jamal Murray's a scorer. Both of those guys got 13-plus shots up. Will Barton got 15 shots up. To me, you know, I didn't. I never felt like Michael Porter was looking for his shot that wasn't within the flow of the offense. And to me, that's that. That's why I'm so encouraged by it. So I'm kind of interested in hearing you say that you felt like maybe he was really keyed in on it because I thought he was keyed in on defense. I thought he was keyed in on rebounding, and I just thought that by virtue of Will Barton playing great, Jamal Murray shooting the ball lights out from the three point line, that Charlotte was just their heads were spinning trying to figure out who to guard and who to contain and. Whichever one of those guys was left open, they were scoring. Yeah, I mean the passing was brilliant tonight. Like the ball was absolutely popping. Like the the Hornets could not get their heads around fast enough. Paul Millsap, in particular, I thought was the, was both the receiver and giver on a lot of those. Like Jokic was. This is another one of those games where you could tell Jokic was like, "I am not going to score thirty foot five points in this game because I don't have to. Not at all. I'm just gonna." I'm just going to like throw these whip passes and touch passes and we're going to tear them up and absolutely dominate this game. Um, so like, I don't, again, I don't necessarily think that like Porter took a lot of bad shots. I don't think that he took shots that were, uh, that he shouldn't have taken. I think the difference is for most of the season, he has tried very hard to like prove that he can fit in yeah. to like, to prove that he can like, play along in the in and then he will make the extra pass and things like that this was absolutely a game where he was like i'm going to get mine hmm, i am i man. am going like i am going to score man i see i just we see this so different i'm kind of sh shocked to hear you say this it's funny because to me this is like the most feel-good michael porter game that i've i think i've ever seen and you know i i think there is something to confidence because we've seen michael porter with that like Oh, you could tell he's about to shoot it. He's got that look in his eye, and then he doesn't. He kind of looks around like, I'm not supposed to shoot this right now, right? Right? Like, right? And, right. and tonight he didn't have any of that hesitation. But I also don't never felt like, you know, oh, what do you do when you're dribbling? You're looking, you're trying to do this or that. Like, I just thought when the shots came to him, he had no hesitation. But I didn't necessarily think he was gunning for anything tonight. Um, you know, Michael Malone put him back out there in the fourth quarter, which I thought was interesting, maybe as a confidence booster. And at that point, I think you could argue that he was just feeling so good. He really wanted to shoot and score. Um, so maybe maybe in that fourth quarter. But the part of the game, you know, Denver broke this game open to close the first half and to open the second one. And I thought through that stretch, it was some of the best basketball the Nuggets have played. Maybe, maybe the best – it was broken up by a half. But maybe that was the best sort of two-way stretch that the Nuggets have played this entire season. Yeah, I mean, I thought they were – I thought they played really great. Um, I, I I do have to say that, like, look, Charlotte has perplexed me. 
I will say this, like Charlotte all year has been really, really confusing for me. I haven't been able to figure out Charlotte all year. Like, I think they should be much worse than their record is like this. The team they were tonight is the team that I kind of thought they would mm. be like sloppy, a little inefficient. Yeah. Lamella does some stuff. They got some guys that can do some stuff, but generally just kind of like a eh, yeah. team. Um, it was kind of funny that, uh, the the announcers actually noted that they're like they're like Composito's giving Dante Devonte Graham some problems, and they're like it's kind of interesting because this is one matchup where Devonte finally has a size advantage, right. <laughs> and like but that that was kind of indicative of the whole team. Like the the centers are like I like Cody Zeller right, but he's coming off of some injuries and he's plotting. Um, their bigs are not the other bigs that they have are not quick in in either decision making or a foot um, and their guards are really small. So like they are very poorly matched to attack this Nuggets team. Like I, mm. I definitely felt like, like the Nuggets were just like had a huge amount of advantage with it. Um, it's funny just because like, you know, Porter, how many times a Porter shoot in the first quarter? Like that's an interesting question mm. for me at least is like, um, cause I, I really felt early on, like he was like, it, again, these weren't, I don't think these were bad shots. It was just very evident like he took four shots in the first quarter. He took uh, six in the second. So he got 10 shots up in the half, mm. which is, is like not a small amount. And I know that for you, like, it's not going to be about like, well, the, you know, the number is whatever. It's about like the flow of the offense. I, I think for me, I just got a real sense that um, there were opportunities where he was like in transition, like he would ISO. He did not feel at all. Like he was like, the things that he had done naturally, I think that he had wanted to do and had kind of felt like a shit, like that, that was not what he was supposed to. He was doing those again, but they weren't bad things because they, the team trusts him more now. Like there was no, like, like even when he over, when he, you know, looked off of uh, some guys, like there wasn't any body language that was frustrated mm -hmm. with him. Like I think they all felt like he got good shots because Mike can hit everything that he took. He just wasn't bashful at all about taking shots. I'm looking at that second quarter. He had four shots at the rim. He had one at the foul line that mm -hmm. he made, and he had one at the three-point line that he missed. So, you know, I'd have to go back and look at these. I'm just – and I know you're not trying to be, like, you know, negative. I, I, I think you're you're just saying that you're, you're talking about his confidence and his aggressiveness and how it's just a little bit different and, and now working that in. But to me, I just – Upon first watch, and I have not gone back and watched it. I, I just thought the rhythm of this game. Yeah, see, I went back and watched it. Like I, I went back and I like I watched it live, and then I went back and watched it clip by clip, and it stood out to me a lot. Mm. Um, how aggressive he was. Like, you know, Barton had a fair number of shots, and I think Barton was pretty was was fairly aggressive too. This felt though to me like a game where, you know, the stars didn't. Or Jokic in particular, like Jokic didn't feel like he had to get a lot of shots up and like they could share the ball and and everybody could eat tonight. It was kind of funny, though, after the game where they were talking about uh, somebody asked uh, asked Porter about kind of the dynamic of the offense. And he was like, you know, in the ideal situation, like we're all we're all, you know, it's not just Jamal and Jokic. Like we're all eating and like everybody can get shots. And I'm like, sure. Versus the Charlotte Hornets on a Wednesday in March. Yeah, you could all get shots. That's definitely true. But I mean, in about two months, there's going to have to be an order. But like, this is an interesting question, though, right? Is like, okay, and, and let's go to segment two, and we can talk about 
this in particular with Porter. Okay. Um, with where he's at, what like, what is the short and long term impacts mm, like on the hierarchy like when we start to look at, and especially when we start to get closer to the postseason? We'll talk about that when we come back on Locked On Nuggets. But first, I want to tell you about our newest partner, Locker Room. So, Locker Room is an app. Mm. Download it on your phone. I don't know if you have a phone. I app, do. But if you have a phone, um, you download this app, and what you're able to do is. Ever, like all these different people are on locker room, uh, fans, other fans, athletes, insiders, all these different people in real time. It's an audio only sports talk platform. It's free to download. It's free to use. People are doing watch parties. They're doing debates, post game breakdowns, reacting to breaking news. Uh, we are going to be doing a mailbag on Friday on locker room during the lunch hours. So when you're on your lunch break, time it. We'll send out the tweet. Keep an eye out for it. You'll see it. You can jump on with us. And you'll be able to ask us questions about the Nuggets. Can't wait. This is going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're excited to talk to you guys. It's going to be an awesome experience. Um, Adam obviously has obligations at DNBR after games. But I will probably do be doing some like late night stuff, especially as we get closer to playoffs. I'll probably jump on and do some locker room stuff as well post-Nuggets games. We'll do a lot of different stuff. It's going to be great. It's free, audio-only social media platform for sports fans. You get to talk with everybody. You can join on conversations with us and you can be, be sponsored. We have be featured on here. It's going to be absolutely awesome. All you need to do is download the locker room app free in the iOS app store, create a profile, link your Twitter and join the locked on nuggets group, which we're going to create. I think tonight uh, you can follow us and you'll get notified when our room goes live. And then we're just gonna have a lot of fun. So cannot wait to, for you to join, bring your spiciest takes. We're going to be excited getting started on locker room with locked on nuggets. On Friday. So brought to you today by Blue Chew. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew's tablets can combat all forms of ED and can help men gain extra confidence for when it's time to perform. Blue Chew is an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online. BlueChew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and strength for your prescription. Don't like swallowing pills? No problems here. BlueChew's Slidenafil and Talidafil tablets are chewable. Blue Chew tablets are made in the USA and they prepare and ship direct, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. So if you could benefit from, from some extra confidence when it comes time to perform, visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we've got a special deal just for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code Locked On at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code Locked On to receive your first month free. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring this podcast. We'll be right back on Locked On. Back here on Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for making us part of your day. Matt Moore alongside Adam Mares. Betting on the Nuggets doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's Lock of the Day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast, brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get podcasts. All right, Adam. So we're talking about, about uh, MPJ. And there's all these questions, right, of what's going on. And, and like, 
it's great that he's having this, this this performance and he's been awesome over a pretty sizable stretch here. I understand that you have some numbers for me. I do have some numbers. Last 10 games, you're looking at him scoring. Let me make sure this is 10. Yep, 10 games, 19 and a half points mm -hmm. per game on 61% from the floor, 51% from three, grabbing 10 rebounds over that span. And by the way, a team high plus 9.9, .9, raw plus minus, not net rating, just raw plus minus per game. That means over these 10 games, including the two losses, the Nuggets have outscored opponents by 10 points when Michael Porter's on the court. That's pretty massive. That's number one on the team, and that's a pretty massive number. Yeah, I mean, that's like that's that's absolutely crazy. And so here's like a, here's another one that I found over the last uh, 15 games. This this is his on off net ratings, which is a number I'm always really keen on paying attention to. To they have an offensive rating of 121.4 over the last 15 games when Porter's on the floor. Not, that's not bad. <laughs> that's hotter than the sun. Um, they it's like historically a, great for people that don't know. I mean, yeah, you know, one, yeah. I don't know what, what average is on the season this year. I think somewhere around like 110 or something like that, right. um, 111. So 121, pretty crazy. Uh, meanwhile, defensively, they're at 109.3. I would figure that defensively it would be much better with him off the floor than on, but instead it's only it's slightly higher worse with him off the floor at 109.8. So he is slightly better when he's on the court for a net of, they beat opponents by 12.1 points per hundred possessions over the course of NBA history. Most games are at around a hundred possessions. Right. Play slower this year. Um, but it, but ish, if you, if you average it out. So basically if Porter played 48 minutes every game, you would expect the nuggets to win based off of the numbers by about 12.1 points per game. If you pretty great. that's pretty good. that's incredible for comparison over this 15 game stretch, Jokic is at plus 7.6. Uh, you what got, yeah, you got <laughs> Will Barton's <laughs> at a plus 9.8. Uh, you do have, um, you do have notably PJ Dozier who in 170 minutes since his return is a plus 21.9 in net rating. So good for PJ. The real MVP. The real MVP. He had that plus but, 31 uh, game. That one game where he was like a plus 31 in 19 minutes or so. I'm sure that's really helping out that net. Right. So. But he's been I mean, good. What he's been very is, good. Right. So he's been awesome. Malone's happy with the defense. Teammates are, are looking for him. He's scoring. Everything's going great. Jamal is continuing to kind of tick up a little bit. So here, here's a question. What if it was baby steps to get him integrated what's he averaging over the, over his last like five ten games do you have that yeah i've just let me pull it up again because i just had for five it's something it's i think it's right there tied with Jokic um on points so yeah 23.2 points okay. per game over the last five which Jokic 23.6 for the lead so pretty much leading the team in scoring over the last five games so if we take that and we extrapolate it out a little bit right what 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 do we think that Jokic become or that Porter becomes in terms of his role on this team? Like, not role. Like he's a star, right? He's not a role player. He's a star. Is there enough? Like, can he average twenty eight and mm. Jokic average twenty six and Jamal average twenty? Whatever he's gonna have, like. 
what what does that kind of look like? What are your thoughts? On I that? don't think there's enough for everybody to average 20 plus points. That would be that would be pretty historic. But um, you know, Jokic is the guy. I mean, tonight he had his favorite type of game: six of seven shooting, 12 points, uh, triple double. So I think that Jokic's points can stand to take a dive, take a little bit of a dip. Um, Murray, even you, you know, I think those guys kind of trade off who's the the number one guy on a lot of nights tonight to me. And you can even throw Will Barton into this. He's clearly the fourth guy over this last five game stretch, but him just being a threat that defenses have to game plan for and worry about. I mean, he's a guy that's on the scouting report, like don't leave him, let him shoot threes. You know, he can get to the rim. Just having four guys like that. I think the formula is 37 assists, which is what happened tonight. The ball popping and it just finds the guy who's going to score. And if that's Murray, some nights, Murray's going to go for 30. If it's MPJ, he's going to go for 30. If it's Jokic, if teams say, you know what, they've got too many shooters now, which is funny given where Denver was last year, but now you're right. getting to a point where it's like, they actually do. They do have a lot of shooters. So if they do say, hey, Cody Zeller, just guard Jokic one-on-one, -on -one. we're not sending any help, then Jokic is going to score 30. So I, I, you know, we'll see how this continues and how sustainable it is, but we have a short, a small sample size against, you know, mediocre competition, not bad, but mediocre competition of the Nuggets looking like they can share the ball and become this this offensive attack that leaves you to pick your own poison. And tonight, you know, Michael Porter was the guy that the ball just kept finding, in my opinion. Do you think that Jamal could have shot more? Yes. I think there's no question that he – I mean, he – and I said, I, I've said this for a while, and I really think that it's one of the underappreciated things about Jamal is that – he doesn't seem to press when he doesn't have to. We always give Jokic credit for it tonight. He Jokic took seven shots. We all praise him like, oh, the offense hummed. Murray, I think, has a lot of that same stuff in him. He had 19 points. He's been in a slump. Last game, they didn't need a big point total from him. He gets 16. And I think if you just look at box scores, you could say, oh, Murray's still in a slump. It was clear if you watched the last game that Murray was comfortable. He just didn't need to prove it to anybody. Tonight, I thought the same thing. He makes five three-pointers. He's clearly getting back to being comfortable. But – Tonight, the whole team had it rolling, so he just let the, the game come to him. And notably, Jamal only plays 28.50. Jokic only plays 28.37. Millsap plays Great. 20 minutes. Uh, Porter only plays 28.52. Like, your Which high is man crazy because he came back in in the fourth yeah. and still ended at 20, 28. Yeah, your, your high man on the night is Will Barden at 32.48. He's the only one that played over 30 minutes in this game. Um, kind of surprising, to be honest. Yeah, so it's... It, it's crazy to think about and i think it's like they're playing so well together and they're winning i'm always like i'm i'm always worried about i'm always worried about ego mm. it's just this is professional basketball and ego is tied to money yeah. and ego is tied to like stardom and a lot like and recognition right for sure um, and so there's always that kind of concern but on the other end one of the things that's become apparent as the, one of the, and I'm like, this has been one of the coolest things about covering this team, honestly. Um, Conley, Tim Conley told me last year, we were, we, were on, we were talking and he was just like, I'm mostly proud that we've just got a bunch of guys that love to play. Yeah. They're just, I think like, that's that definitely true. I think that's very, very true. I mean, you know, um, Michael Porter, I think is absolutely a gym rat. Like and then and they're and they're like that they're about the basketball and I think that that's definitely true. Um, I think that that gets harder as guys get older. It's one of the things I think that we've seen is like, like take Russell Westbrook, right? Like what Westbrook is like, 
he plays so hard all and he still does like he plays hard all the time but at like as he entered into his late 20s like he got into fashion right mm. and he and he had kids and started to pay more attention to that and it was like he was still competing and still trying to win a title uh and still playing basketball at an exceptionally high level but like these things change and so i'm just curious about like what the long term is going to look like we don't worry about that now right yeah. like now it's it's fine and good and it opens up the window this year it's weird I, in the in the final segment, I want to get into this about the feeling about the team right now because like things are great right now. They've very, like very they good. have been stellar over a very long stretch of games. Nuggets have just been terrific over this line. I mean, think about like right now. It's not just that that MPJ is killing it. It's that Jokic is still playing at such a high level. But also like Will Barton, like w Will's just been fantastic over the last month of play. Yeah, Will's been so good, and like when he's playing like that, together. It's, it's huge, right? You know, Michael Green's back to playing really well. Uh, I thought Compazzo had a good night. Ten assists for for Compazzo tonight. Like, mm -hmm. so like everything is really good right now. Um, I am interested in a playoff environment. How you settle into so like the Jokic Murray two man game is the go to heavy object to like bludgeon teams with. So I have a thought on this because, okay. you know, we were kind of coming into this from the last break. And, you know, Michael Porter is elite at the – when the game's coming easy. And, I, and that's why tonight I didn't think he was forcing it. I thought it was very easy for him and the shots were easy. I think Jamal Murray is really good when the game gets hard. And that's what he's proven in the playoffs is you need a tough bucket. That two-man game, he's going to eke out some really tough uh, points. He's strong-minded. He's strong-willed. And when the going gets tough, that that's where he really shines. So tonight, it, this isn't to take away from Michael Porter and the great game that he had, but you know tonight he didn't really face adversity. I mean, this was a this was a blowout right. win. So to me, a lot of people ask. I, I even get this on Twitter a lot: is is Michael Porter passing Jamal Murray and the and to me, no, like that might happen at some point, but it's going to happen through adversity, not through blowout wins. And, and it's not going to happen because Michael Porter is having a run of 10 games where he's shooting efficiently. It's going to happen because he has a 30 game run of, or 40 or 50 game run of efficiency and doing it under immense pressure against at the highest level. So to me, not, and this again, doesn't take anything away. This is all part of the process. Um, but Jamal Murray, Jokic, they've proven it, not just in the playoffs last year, but also in crunch time of so many games over the course of their, you know, time here in Denver that, you have to trust those guys the most. And hopefully Michael Porter's confidence continues to rise. And hopefully he gets opportunities to prove himself in the clutch because three is better than two. And right now Denver has two extremely reliable stars in the clutch that are their go-to. But if you get three, you know, you're, you're cooking even better. Absolutely agree. Let's take a break and we'll come back. I want to get into the feel of where this team is at. We will talk about that uh, alongside just some league news and stuff like that. As we wrap up today's edition of locked on nuggets. But first, Adam, it's time for Built Bar Madness. That's right. Oh, no. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all the bars. And now it's time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It's Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup, salted caramel versus mm. cookie dough chunk. I, I got thoughts? mine. Easy, easy one. Salted caramel. Right. It's I'm salted with you. caramel. I'm with you. I'm <laughs> with We're you. on the same page tonight. Yeah. I, you know, I am not a cookie dough guy. Just, I don't really? like my protein bars. I don't like it in my ice cream. 
not a guy. I am not a cookie dough person. I don't. I, I want the smoothness you know of salted caramel. It's like a Jamal Murray floater. Hmm. Cookie dough okay. chunk. Cookie dough chunk is like a Faku Composo mid ranger. <laughs> <laughs> the slander. Rattly. What about, how about, it's not like a uh, Faku Compazzo between the legs assist on the fast break. It's not like that. Mm, salted caramel is more like that. <laughs> okay. All right. There you go. Just okay. try to give some love for my guy Faku. Yeah. Everyone loves Faku for some reason. And so uh, go to builtbar.com or go to at bar underscore built on Twitter. And remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BillBar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. We're also brought to you by Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, March Madness starts today when you're listening to this and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Adam, give me give me an upset. Give me an upset. I have four. I have four upset picks. Give me an upset pick. I don't. I don't have one, man. I have to be what? honest. I have to be honest. I haven't even looked at the bracket yet. I haven't filled it out. Oh, but I so will tomorrow. You. I, I'm so busy. I will tomorrow, though. I can't wait. I'm to so sit disappointed. Down with I, I like know. the Liberty Flames, who have the number two offense in. All oh. of that half court offense. Okay. Via Synergy Sports. I like Liberty, Liberty Flames. Right. Love Loyola Chicago. And, wow. and okay. despite being from from despite being from the some people think it's great, not me. So the great state of Arkansas, uh, I am in fact taking Colgate to upset the Razorbacks tomorrow. Okay, over Arkansas on, has on, a player on. I like though. I've watched yeah. him for three minutes. I liked him. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> My so, scouting report. And you can you can bet on all those numbers, including uh, my guy Stucky's got a gr- my guy Stucky's got a great bet on uh, Ohio, which is that number went open at ten, it's down to seven Ooh. versus Virginia. That's an interesting game to keep an eye on. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. A bet online, they've got you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive. Your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Use promo code Locked On. We'll be right back on Locked On Nuggets. Go Drake. It's small market meets big market Wednesdays on the Locked On NBA podcast. Join Jake Madison of Locked On Pelicans and John Corrales of Locked On Celtics. Love John, such a good dude. For a look at the NBA week from all angles, follow the Locked On NBA podcast today wherever you get podcasts. All right, Adam. Hold on. Let me give you a stat before you, before you get this, let me just throw you one stat that I I wanted to look up. They had 37 assists tonight in the Jokic era. This is now the 10th time, or I should say only the 10th time that the Nuggets have gotten 37 or more assists. So uh, 37 is a pretty special night. If you, if you get up to 37 assists, that's an incredible number. That's an absolutely bonkers number. That's wild. Their record Um, 10 and 0 when getting 37 assists. Not surprising. Uh, Not you want to know what? Do, do you want to know what the correlated uh, factor there is? Made shots. <laughs> That's an easy one. Here's the secret. Here's the sticky one. If you have 37 assists, that means that you probably have fewer turnovers. Oh, that's probably true. Let me see what the most turnovers a team. Well, once they had 17 turnovers, which is pretty high. But you're right. A lot of these about 12, 12 and under for at least half of these. Uh, they had fewer turnovers than their opponent tonight, as my theory continues to prove outright. Don't turn the ball over, and the Denver Nuggets are probably going to win. Um, 
Okay, look, this has been a this has been a weird season. Mm. Um, there have been the the usual swings, but they felt more extreme. Uh, the the Nuggets face planting out of the gate, I think, set a tone. Even like, I don't know, ten days ago, less than that, last week, it might have been two days ago. I'm not sure about time anymore. You know, we we talked about how they still needed one more guy, and I I I still kind of feel that way. Even with MPJ's emergence, I still feel like they need one more wing. I think they need one more wing off the bench. Is still kind of where I'm at. Why do I still feel that way? Uh, because you're right. I mean, they they would be best with another long guy that you trust to defend multiple positions. But here's the interesting thing about that, Matt, and this is where it's so tough. I mean. Denver added a lot of new pieces, but you talk about the trade pieces, Gary Harris, Will Barton. Those are guys that have been a part of this culture for so long. And tonight, part of what felt so good, I think, watching the game as, as a Nuggets fan is, you know, Will Barton was a part of this. It was there was synergy between all these guys that Will Barton has chemistry with Jokic, with Murray for years that he's built. And if you were to, to part with him, even for a guy who maybe better fits what it is that you need, the one of the things that I hope Nuggets fans learn from this season and how how it's gone is that chemistry is hard. It's not just a thing that's like, oh, his skill set matches. He'll perfectly and seamlessly fit into what the Nuggets are doing. There's a real chance that there'll be learning curves and, and, and personality meshes and all these things that take time, whoever you bring in. Um, so so I go there. But the other thing is, you know, Monte Morris and Gary Harris have been out for most of the, for a large part of this run where I think the Nuggets, I think the Nuggets are right now in the best stretch that they played the last nine games. They're seven and two in those games. The Dallas loss to me is like a schedule loss. The war, the Wizards loss, not a good loss, but also this close to being a win. So you look at that, they're almost eight and one in this with one just being a schedule loss. And to me, it's the best basketball and Gary Harris hasn't been a part of it. Monte Morris has been out for a little bit of this. I think both of those guys are immensely valuable. And Gary Harris has proven this when the going gets tough, that he's the guy that can can slow a good guard down. But you do look at it and just go, Denver has some redundancies, and they seem to do fine more often than not without all of their guards healthy. Yeah, I think that's probably true. And then we, you know, we even go back last year to that run that they made uh, before the All-Star break where they were so shorthanded and they got the wins versus Utah and Milwaukee. Um, it's odd because the metrics say that they're really good. The metrics say they're actually better than their record. Right. Right. Um, they ha they've been on this winning streak. Jokic is playing the best basketball of his career. Porter's playing the best basketball of his career. We have zero questions about what Jamal will do in the playoffs. Like I have absolute, right faith in that guy now right and yet and yet i'm still like man i don't know i don't know if they're good enough i don't know oh i that's fair I, that's how you should feel though matt like they've played well for seven eight nine games and and it's it's not necessarily consistent like if they i think if they play like this for the next 30 games then i then i will feel pretty confident about them but we're not that far removed from some of these ugly losses and the team looking disjointed and my looking like he doesn't belong on the team and all these different things. So it's a, it's right. a recent trend with them. It's a recent upswing. But, but then you also go to, so I wanted to look at this. Um, since February 1st, 
the Nuggets are 12 and 8. Mm. Like that's really good. Like that's just a, that's a really good mark. Uh okay. that's that's a 60% winning percentage. Um I get that it hasn't been that long, but it does feel like they've been playing at a really high level and I don't want to I don't want to discount what they're capable of given especially how, with how hard the season is. Um, since February 15th, they're nine and five, which is a 64% winning percentage. That's excellent. Like they're a good team. I think everyone agrees on that. It's just, I'm having a hard time. I think getting a, a sense of one. Well, here's one of the things, right? Is they make the playoffs in 2019. They come back the next season. Jokic is weird for a month. Then they start to get rolling and they rack up a bunch of wins and you turn around and you're like, they get those wins versus Utah and, and Milwaukee and you go to the all-star break and you're like, the nuggets are like there. Yeah. And then they slide and then the suspension happens and then like everything goes crazy. And it was almost like one of the things that we talked about last year, we talked about this last year that the, you mentioned chemistry. We talked about how the chemistry wasn't the same last year. Like they didn't play with a lot of joy last year. Yeah, it's true. And then they got into the bubble, right? And and had every reason to quit. They had every reason, totally, totally to quit. Like that was a thing that was talked about a lot, and it was one of the reasons why, like, there was a trend of the in the first two rounds of the playoffs, the elimination games were jokes because it was just like, get us out of here, fine, fine. Yeah. And the Nuggets, on the other hand, come back twice from 3-1. And it's, does that carry over? Is this, like, this chemi- every year it's it's a different team. And this year, especially, given the roster changes, the chemistry is there. But, like, what's what kind of chemistry is it? Yeah, like, these are all questions that I we don't have answers for. And part of it is, I will say, like, I think it's being so removed from the team is, makes it hard. No, it's so true. I think that's a big part of it for sure. Um, it's different. And being this extended period away, I mean, we've been away from the team for over a year now. Um, you really start to feel it just like, wow, I feel, I feel, uh, <laughs> I don't want to say uninformed, but you just don't pick up on all the little things um, over that time. But I want to ask you though, because it sounds like I, I just said that as much as I feel great about where the team is, it is a short stretch. Do you feel like if they play like they have, if you take the average of what they've looked like over the last seven games and stretch that out over the rest of the season, do you feel like you're going to, at that point, trust them more? I mean, is that are they working towards a team that you feel like you're going to trust? Like, give you some numbers here. Can I, can I just give you this? Because I just pulled it up. They started the – If you, it, I, we're, we're using an artificial cutoff date. It's February 10th. The only okay. reason it's not quite artificial is because it's when Jamal Murray first had his big breakout game. Remember, he missed a couple games and comes back. Yeah. So it's basically when Murray started playing well. Denver has the fifth best offense, the ninth best defense, and the third best overall net behind Phoenix and Brooklyn. But the fact that they're top 10 in offense and defense, and this is a 17-game sample, so it's not a big one. Again, it's an artificial sample size, but it's not five games. It's not 10. It's 17 games. Right. And so it's like, it's like they're undeniably a really good team. Um, And it gets even more complicated when we get into the playoffs because it's like, you know, last year and the year before, like I was one of the people that was like, you need to tank out to make sure you don't get Houston in the second round. Like I was one of those people that was like, you can beat anybody. 
You can't be Houston. You can't right. do it. And the Blazers beat them. Thanks to Myers Leonard and Evan Turner. Mm. Uh, n- new, <laughs> no longer in basketball, Myers Leonard. Um, and this year I look at it and go, I'm not worried for the Nuggets if they face Phoenix. If they face Phoenix, I'm probably going to be like, the Suns are going to be favored, and I think the Suns are really good, and I'm probably still taking Denver. Mm-hmm. That'd be an interesting one for sure. Like in the second round or in the four or five matchup, right? If they wind up four or five, yeah. I mean, like, well, and here's the other thing is like, there's a like right now, the Clippers are staring at a possible first round match with the Nuggets, which crazy, isn't that wild? That's that that is probably not what they want. I would even as much as like there's the revenge factor and they've got to like they it's reasonable for the Clippers to feel like they were the better team. They were up three one with double digit leads in each of the last three games. Sure. Like, sure. I don't think they'll feel I mean, I still think that there's like demons there, you know, I mean, even yeah, there are. The thing, it's like, still, there's this it's other like both. It's like yeah. it's like it's like we should win this. But oh, God, what if we don't again? <sighs> I, 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 this is the thing I keep coming back to, Matt, is that I look at these standings and, and I just go, man, it's going to be a tough first round no matter who you draw. And I don't sure. mean tough as in like, you know, every, every playoff series is tough. I mean, yeah, might, you might, Denver's looking at the likelihood of them facing one of the Clippers or the Lakers. And should they climb all the way up to the three seed, which at the moment seems tough, but not undoable. But if they climb all the way up to the three seed, then you're looking at a Portland team that is somehow has the same record as Denver right now and is getting back Nurkic and, and CJ McCollum. So, or maybe a Dallas team that could or end Dallas. up going on a run. Um, and I think Portland and Dallas are both teams that if you faced them in a playoff series, I would pick Denver, but those are like 60, 40 or less series. Those aren't slam yeah. dunk series. It's why it's going to be so tight. This is another reason why I think that they probably need to make a move because it's just like, look, your margin is your margin yeah. is thin. Making um, a move is just so tough right now, and, I, and I'm with you, and fortunately this is not my call, but Denver has taken 40 games to build chemistry up for the where it's at its best it has been this season, and you bring in a new player, and it's like you kind of have to start over again. But maybe that's yep. just basketball, and I don't know. Yep, although it's not going to be P.J. Tucker. We should talk about that. It's not going to be P.J. Tucker. It's not going to uh, be Tory Craig. Not going to be Tory Craig. Um, I miss Tory. I'll, I'll admit I it. Do I, I do, too. I do, too. I miss Tory. It was a little weird. Um, PJ Tucker gets traded to the Bucks, which um, I am not a person, so I will do it here, right? Because the the good listeners um, dislike me and like you enough. But <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I did report that Milwaukee was a big target for for Tucker. I did report that hmm. on Action Network while nice. back. Gonna go ahead and take a little victory lap there. Take that lap do you like the there. way he fits there? I know it's not a Denver question, but do you I like, like it a lot. I like. I really. I really like the way that he fits there. Everyone's kind of like, everyone's. You know, they're talking. Uh, the biggest thing is just you can play Giannis at five. At, right. Right. Yeah. You can play Giannis at five and not have to play him at five. Exactly. Right. That's what I was gonna say. He's really the four, and then Tucker's the five, but it doesn't matter because you're physically right. dominant still. So. Yep. It's it's a really good it's a really good fit, and he brings the kind of like he brings a toughness and identity to that team that they need. Um, everyone's going to say they still need one more isolation score. And I don't disagree with that, but the the biggest thing they need is to not play Fred Van Vliet or Jay Crowder. That's mm. what they right, need right, right. more than anything. Um, 
I'm not surprised. I heard I did hear that the edict was that he was not to be traded to the Western Conference. So I, think I love that. I love hearing that. So I, I don't think Denver was actually ever going to be a real competitor for it in the first place. More teams need to do this. More teams need to dig in and be – that's not even petty. It's just more teams need to do what San Antonio did, which is like, you want to go to the Lakers? We're not doing it. You're going to Toronto. Um, yeah, I mean, and I think you're going to win a championship and you're going to like it. I think a good starting place is just not building entire uh, franchises for the teams in your division. That's a good starting point. Yeah. Well, to... come on, man. You you can't help but just throw. You're like everybody likes you. It hates me. And then here you go bringing up the worst scabs, just picking at the worst scabs. <laughs> um. What else have I heard? Um. I I still think that there's a good chance John Collins gets moved. Mm. Um. From Atlanta, Dallas is looking for an upgrade. So if you are if you're somebody Anyone. out there that's like a little scary, a little scared of Dallas, Dallas is looking for an upgrade pretty hard from everything mm-hmm. I hear. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not from anybody in Dallas because Dallas is one of the most lockdown organizations in basketball. They do a remarkably good job of not leaking things and credit to them for that. But the teams that they have talked to have talked. And the word is that they are, they are pretty active in conversation. Are you, are you pro Aaron Gordon in Denver? Um, No, I'm not personally. Uh, I think I get the model. The model is basically like if you kind of scrunch up Jeremy Grant, it's Aaron Gordon, mm. right? Like the skill set's pretty similar. The athleticism is similar. It's a three that can play the four, right? right so right. you can play quarter yep. offensively at the four with Gordon yep. at the three, and then Gordon does the four work, right? Like it, it's you give Gordon the tougher matchup. He's pretty good defensively. Um, there's a lot to like there. The biggest problem is just that I, I guess the biggest issue, honestly, is that Aaron's never really shown a great feel for the game. Oh, so and, true. Yep. And it's held him back because if he had a better feel for the game, I think the end, like league people have told me this, that if he had a better feel for the game, he would understand that he is like Sean Marion. Oh, totally. that's such not. a great comp. Yeah. Yeah, he's Sean Marion, and and instead he wants to be, like, I don't know. Yeah, somebody more with the ball in their hands or something. Yeah, yeah but you know, here's the thing: he's not he's not Sean he's not Sean Marion. First of all, what you're saying is that he could be Sean Marion. Yeah, because Sean Marion, like you you're saying this with a ton of respect for who Sean Marion is. Yeah. But Sean, but exact Sean Marion wasn't the guy that was like, hey, we're gonna run a bunch of pick and rolls with him, or we're gonna post him right. up on the elbow. He he was kind of Iguodala esque in that he was so good at doing everything, and and that was his value. In, in Big Lebowski terms, he really ties a room together. He tied the oh, he did. He tied the room together so much. And that's and that's the way it goes. And so from that that sense, if he were to adapt that in Denver, I think that could absolutely be a phenomenal move. My big hesitation is just from the understanding that I have. Right now, like this varies, okay? Because uh, Portland is also interested in Aaron Gordon. And um, the offer that I've heard from, or the pieces, I don't have the complete offer. The pieces I've heard that are involved in an offer from Portland are not like, oh my gosh, like they're really giving up a thought. Like it's a pretty, it's a pretty low offer. Mm -hmm. And this is the gap is like what, what Orlando continues to ask for and what teams are offering. The gap is very big there. Mm -hmm. So I think that all that is something to consider. Um, I don't think it's likely that it gets done, but look, I will say this. I didn't think that Tucker was a good fit and didn't think that there was any reason the Nuggets would pursue that. And I heard that, that they actually were interested in making that work. So I, 
I think the Nuggets are still gonna, like you're gonna hear the Nuggets in a lot of in a lot of talk over the next week. Um, I have a lot of reservations about it turning into anything substantial. Mm. So yeah. mostly from a money standpoint, the money is a big problem for everybody right now. Mm. So. Nuggets have a good team. I mean, I they are going to be a flawed team, but you know what? They have a big punch, and they're working on some chemistry with the really dynamic offense. And by the way, their defense is looking better. You know, it's not looking as bad as people think. When you get into the numbers, we'll see if that holds. But I do think they're missing a piece to be their best form. But should they not make a move, they're going to be entertaining, and they're going to give just enough hope for people to stay tuned and and and, and that there's a chance that five thirty eight is right, and they should be title favorites. And with that, we'll close out this edition of Locked on Nuggets. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow. I'll have a guest for tomorrow's episode. And then we'll be back on Friday uh, recapping the Bulls game. They have the Bulls and the Pelicans. And the Bulls have just changed up their starting lineup. They should, dun, the Nuggets dun, dun. should win. No, Nuggets should win. That one should be fine. The Pelicans game, though, that one on Sunday is quite interesting. That is a... That's I think a they're both going to be fun. going to be fun. fun teams to watch. And we will keep you updated on all of it, all of the, the news, all of the happenings. Everyone stay safe. Everyone stay healthy. If you are able to get the, the, the jab, get the jab. Mm. If, it's, if, it's, if your doctor recommends it. And otherwise, have yourselves a great week. And we'll see you guys again next time on Locked on Nuggets. Thanks for joining us.